the hole into the full. I am Chrissy. And I'm Emma Rose Klinger. And um, we are so excited for you guys to be joining us today um, as we dig in deeper to what we've been learning over the course of the quarter. Uh, this past month, we actually talked about emerging adulthood and secure attachment, and we'll be digging even yes. deeper into that. And for those of you who don't know, or this is your first time getting to listen to us, um, whether it's on Spotify or Google Podcasts or Apple Podcasts, wherever you listen to podcasts, um, we are two students at Fuller Theological Seminary. So yes. I am actually pursuing a doctorate in clinical psychology, and I'm focusing in on trauma and spirituality. And mm -hmm. I am doing the uh, Masters of Divinity yeah. program, focusing on pastoral counseling. Yeah. And we are just best friends that are sharing our journey of school together. Yeah. We're learning together. So we're mm -hmm. sharing what we're learning and we're just sharing it with you. Yeah. And so um, for those of you who don't know, we are doing this to share our learnings as well as to help us through school. So our hope is that as we're sharing, you're joining along the journey with us. Um, you're joining us with Patreon where you can join our practical pauses. So at the end of the episode, we're actually going to invite you into a practical pause where we're going to practice a spiritual practice together. Um, and you can try it on, see if it fits for you in your walk. Um, and we actually have some great news. It's yes. happened since the last time we did an episode last month. We seriously just have to thank you guys because um, I think it was like two or three days after we aired the episode last month. We looked at it and it was like one day was 1.1 thousand followers. Then it was 2.2. Then it was 3.3. The numbering, crazy. first of all, was crazy. But we just have to yeah. thank you so much for, first of all, watching us, mm -hmm. but also sharing our podcast with other people. Yeah. It means the world to us to know that what we are sharing is actually helping you in your walk yeah. so much that you are sharing it and mm -hmm. um, that you're just enjoying it. Um, and with that, we actually have a supporter. Yeah. We have um, a sponsor. A sponsor. There we yeah. go. That's what yeah. I'm looking for. Yeah. We have a sponsor who now is um, just supporting us with our time here in the studio. So we just want to thank them. You know who thank you are. You. <laughs> we are thank so, you. We love you. so grateful for you guys. And um, we, it also just means that we have more opportunity if you want to sponsor us and help yeah. us through school. Yeah. And, support this journey that we're on. Totally. Thank you so much yeah. again. Um, and so I guess before we like go into our topics, I'm curious, if, well, maybe we'll go into the depth of the topics, but yes. should we do like a quick kind of intro to both? Yeah. Okay, cool. Let's have you start first. Does that sound okay. good? Okay, cool. Yeah. Um, so we are going to be doing, um, I'm going to be expanding a little bit on emerging adulthood spirituality that we talked about last month. Um, but we're going to be focusing on a topic called faithing. And yes, that is faithing with an I-N-G at the end. Mm -hmm. um, so that's going to be our topic. Um, but uh, what I'm really focusing on is a book that my professor, Dr. Argue, wrote with one of his coworkers. So I'm going to be referencing that a lot throughout, the, um, throughout our podcast today. Um, but really, we're just going to be focusing on that faithing and um, it's the book is really geared towards younger kids, but that doesn't it actually applies to all of us. So mm -hmm. um, if I'm saying kids a lot or, you know, referencing youth, just know that it's actually all of us because yeah. we are all on this journey yeah. of faithing. And we talked about this last <laughs> um, episode, too, like God's kind of reparenting all of us. So in yeah. all in some way, we're all kind of youth spiritually as we're all growing and maturing, and getting even better and stronger as, as yeah. Christians. So. Yeah. yeah. And so I guess a quick intro into mine. Um, so it's this topic on um, wrestling. 
wrestling in the middle, wrestling in the middle of so many things, wrestling in the middle of the now and not yet, wrestling in the middle of being healed and learning to walk in the healing and wrestling in the middle of, you know, kingdom on earth, heaven on earth and the kingdom to come. And so um, I think just seminary in general allows for this space of wrestling with what you believe, Mm -hmm. what you see, what you hear, what you experience. And so I will be sharing a little bit about that. I'll be talking about two books a little bit. Um, One is written by Rob Bell, who is also an alum of uh, Fuller. He wrote this book called Velvet Elvis. So there's a little bit I'll be pulling from there. Also, um, Dr. Nancy Eisland, she wrote a book called The Disabled God and talks about just God um, and just the narrative in the church about healing, um, especially for people with disabilities. And so I'll be talking a little bit about that and the wrestling. So cool. Yeah. I just love how God intertwines our topics every time we talk. Like, Thank you, Jesus. I mean, I also know it's only been two episodes. So, yeah. We'll you know, two out of two so far, but <laughs> yeah. Okay, well, um, should I jump into faith? Yeah, tell me more about it. Because, I mean, for those of you, when I first heard Chrissy talk about this topic, I was like, wow, I feel like we always talk about faith. It's like, do you have enough faith? Like, there's faith to move mountains, you know, faith faith like a mustard seed. And so I'm just so excited to see, um, just learn more about this topic of faithing. Yeah. Okay, so we are going to be talking about faithing um, more in the context of a verb rather than a noun. Um, so one thing my prof- my professor says is faith is more of um, just more than just a now thing. Faith is always changing, growing, um, which affects our spirituality and how we make meaning out of things. So like we were saying, faith is um, more about the journey. So that's why it's faithing. So mm-hmm. faithing is about the journey rather than saying, um, you know, I'm trying to find faith or I have faith or, you know, as it as just a thing you have to acquire, you know, it's more um, about the journey and you weave in and out and you have struggles and you have doubts. And um, so therefore, a thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So a little bit more of a, um, you could say, educational term (laughs) or meaning is faith is growing in owning and embodying their journey as Uh, journey with God Mm. as they encounter new experiences and information. And that is a direct quote from Dr. Argue from his book, Growing With. Mm -hmm. And um, we will have all of the books that we mentioned linked in our description or in our website, all of of the the places. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So often you hear people say, you know, just have faith that you'll be healed or have faith that Mm -hmm. X, Y, Z will happen. Or you'll hear people say, um, you know, I've, I've just lost my faith. I've doubted, mm. you know, I feel like God didn't show up here or, you know, a lot of times we, um, we treat our relationship with God as something to find as mm. an object to acquire or, mm. or something that can be lost. Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, while it kind of has, um, truth to it, right. You can lose your faith or it is something that you really want to acquire. We want to focus it as more of the journey. Like we want your faith to grow and we want you to be able to weave in and out of your doubts yeah. and, and have that that journey. Yeah, that's so interesting because I feel like, I mean, I know going to college and like meeting so or knowing so many people who I went to church with as um, a youth in the church and um, so many people walked away from the church or just weren't there as often. Yeah. And 
Um, would you say then that they're not losing their faith, but maybe just struggling through mm -hmm. the stuff? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, and we are actually going to get into that okay. a little bit later. We're going to talk about a study um, that Fuller Youth Institute was a part of. Actually, there might be a couple studies. I don't know if that's the exact one. So I'll figure okay. that out later. <laughs> you know it, we don't. <laughs> um, so I guess what I want to really talk about is um, you know, when we do focus on faith as a noun, it ends up putting um, so much pressure on whether it's the youth or even someone who maybe is older and struggling with their faith, right? Yeah. So oftentimes as a leader or whether it's a pastor or a parent, um, we will try to load up faith-like items hmm. on people, whether it's the youth or whoever. Um, and when I say faith-like items, it's like, um, you know, we've got to make sure you're going to church, got to do the Bible study, got to go to the worship night, got to do, you know, got to do all of the things, wow. all of the faithful things yeah. that, you know, as Christians, we're like, well, if you're not doing that, are you really faithful? It's like, well, it's, first of all, it's not our place to judge, Yeah, you know, and especially when we're putting that on our kids or on our friends or whoever it is, and then they go, but they don't really want to be there. Mm -hmm. It's like, so is that actually are they actually being faithful because right. they're just trying to please you right. and who knows if they're actually engaging, Right, you know? So right. it's like when we load um, so much onto people, mm -hmm. then it's like, okay, is it, is it actually doing them good? Yeah. And I think you talked about like forcing someone to participate in something they may not want to be at, but also I'm thinking about like, I think it's so like Western culture of us too, to think like, just do more, do more, do yes. more. And then like whatever you have going on that's that you're struggling with, just do more, do more, and it'll be fine. And it just like, yeah. I just, as you were talking about that, I was like, I know that there are moments where I'm in that. I'm like, I want to do this. I want to do that. I wanna, yeah. And I want to take it all on because mm -hmm. it'll be good for me. It's all good for me. But like, does God actually want me to be doing all of that? Right, right. Now? right. You know, I remember, I think it, um, I can't remember what Bible study this was. It was with Havilah Cunnington. So it, it might have actually been our purity study. Which I, we love. Yes. The purity study oh is my. awesome. Okay, let's talk about sexuality. Study is amazing. Yeah. So that's just a little plug there. Yeah. Um, but anyways, in the study, she talked about how oftentimes when we want to be faithful or we want to be doing the right thing as a Christian, we will do more. We'll do, we'll watch five, you know, YouTube sermons in a day or we'll mm -hmm. listen to all these mm -hmm. podcasts and stuff because mm -hmm. I need to learn. I need to grow. Mm -hmm. I need to pray every second that mm -hmm. I can. Mm -hmm. And she goes, actually, sometimes what you need to be healthy and to be a good <laughs> Christian is to take a nap or to <laughs> watch to a TV show. Yeah. She was like, honestly, like take a break, take the yeah. pressure off of yourself, you know? Yeah. And so we, you know, I think we end up putting this pressure on ourselves. So then we also put the pressure on the people that were like, you're struggling. You can't struggle. Send them this, you know, YouTube yeah. video that is going to cure their issues, yeah. which never happens. We always want the antidote because it's yeah. easier, mm -hmm. I think, because what you, you talked about even like in the rest, maybe like maybe you just need rest. Yeah. And like how much that requires us being in our bodies and slow enough in our bodies to even realize like, oh, my body's actually anxious right now. Yeah. It's overburdened. It's tired. <laughs> like, we, we know this because we're yeah. learning this. We're, we're both <laughs> students. We're both learning it. But yes, 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 yes. Yeah. yeah. So one of the things that um, the book talks about is while these things are important, 
And, um, you know, it is important to go to Bible study. It is important to do those things. Do you need to do them all in one week? No. Mm -hmm. Um, But also it's important because it builds, um, it it sets the framework and it, it gives them that foundation so that they can build off of that. But I think the point in this is that, you know, we have to get out of our old ways and our old way of thinking of like, you just got to do, 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 and, you know, have those religious tendencies where, you know, I've got to do it on Sunday morning or else I'm not being a good Christian. It's like, yeah, you can, you can do it at other times. So just getting out of that and relieving that pressure and then allowing, allowing, um, young adults or whoever it is to to have faith, right. to be able to faith thing, to In their walk bodies, that journey. The embodiment yeah, of it. Exactly. Yeah. And so part of the faith thing is that journey. And it is um, having the parents or the friend or whoever it is to walk in that journey with them and to help them along the way mm-hmm. and to be with them in the struggle. Like, mm-hmm. hey, and I, we'll go over some of these later, but I'm struggling with this. Okay, let's talk about it. You know, right. God's not scared of your doubt. He's yeah. not scared of your questions. <laughs> like, yeah. So, but we get in a place of fear where we're like, if they're struggling or if they have doubt, they're going to walk away. Right. And it's like, no, actually that builds strength. Right. It right. builds it because then you're actually learning it and understanding. And then it's, you know, it, it's actually instilling it because you're, you're seeking that, that truth. Yeah. There's like several things in what you said. First off, when you tell, told, when you reminded us to relieve us of the, ourselves of that pressure, Like I just heard the pressure of shame, like, oh, "Oh, you're not doing this enough, which like Mm -hmm. totally is what, you know, the enemy would do is like try to get in there and be like, oh, you're not being Christian enough. And like just that topic is such a lie, (laughs) you know? And so that's the first thing is is when you were talking, it's like, wow, the shame came up again. And this came up in our last episode of like just how shame really doesn't create the space of security and Mm -hmm. safety and helping people be seen and heard and loved. Um, The second thing you were talking about was... um, in terms of the doubting and the struggling, so that kind of talks gets at my second top or my topic, really yeah. our second topic um, in general, which is wrestling. Yep. So um, this has been, and I, I'm pretty sure every seminary student will like <laughs> say that this is a thing. Um, and so uh, I would say for like the last several months, like God's kind of just been talking to me about this idea of, you know, the wrestling in the middle of it and embodying it all. I'm also learning that there's a difference between content and experience. And like, Mm -hmm. I feel like I'm actually experiencing it and embodying all of the things. And so, um, and so there's a couple of things here. So I know I mentioned this earlier, but you know, the tension in the middle, which would allow for wrestling um, is really between the he is risen and he is coming, the now and not yet, the kingdom of heaven on earth and still to come. And in these spaces, as I mentioned, you know, in the Rob Rob Bell's book, Velvet Elvis, Um, He actually talks about the story of Jacob and how in Genesis 32, Jacob, um, before going to meet up with his brother again, which he was so scared about because he took Esau's, you know, birthright from him. So um, he, there's the story of him wrestling with an angel all night. And so a lot of people are like, was was that Jesus? Was that God? Like, what, what, what was that? So he was wrestling. He was having a very spiritual moment and like evening to the point where he wrestled so much that he had a limp afterwards. And I really love the way that Rob Bell actually uh, shares this. I'm going to share his direct quote, page 62, if you're <laughs> reading. Um, because when you wrestle with the text, 
the text, which is the Bible, when you wrestle with the text, you walk away limping. And some people have no limp because they haven't wrestled. But the ones limping have had an experience with the living God. I think God does know what he's doing with the Bible. But a better question is, do we know what we're doing with the Bible? And so I think this topic of wrestling really gets at like what we're supposed to be doing with the text. Because God says, test me. He wants the doubt. He wants our wrestling. He wants us engaged in it. And he even, I think uh, Rob Bell even says this further. He goes, you know, in church, and I think you'll probably talk about this too, as we talk about the youth, but in church, sometimes people will ask questions and we kind of look at it like, oh no, you're not believing. You have doubt. You shouldn't be asking questions. And it's almost like you're you're not, in in, in Sunday school, it's almost like the kids with all the questions would almost be looked down upon. And it's like, why are you, why don't you get this? Yeah. You know, whereas they're like, well, how, what came before God? Like, you know, they're asking very honest questions. Yes. And so um, Rob Bell says, those are the kids. Those are the people that are taking this God thing seriously. Like they actually want to know, like, what does it mm-hmm. mean to love people well? What does it mean to love God in this journey? And so um, I know you're probably going to talk to this, but I assume that's part of this whole faithing journey is it's yeah. not one thing to like, say, oh, I believe, but it's like, how do you reconcile some of the things in the text and some of your beliefs and and how you walk in the world as a Christian? Yeah. Um, Or even just people, a decent human who like loves people well, and maybe they don't even know you're Christian. They know you're Christian by the way you love them, the way you show up. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I just think that that, that tension and the wrestling, it's just, you know, it doesn't even have to be these big theological questions. Yeah. <laughs> it can literally just be like, why do I continue struggling with X, mm. Y, or Z? You know, why did this happen? Or like, it can literally be anything. And, you know, it can be looked down upon. Like, well, you just got to, that's just the way it is. You yeah. know, no, we can ask the questions and we can talk. And, you know, sometimes, you know, how to explain this? Like, I don't, I I tend to not want to ask God why things happened because I do want to trust him. But then there's also an area where it's like, okay, maybe it's not why, but can you show me, you know, why, why it was weaved this way or mm. just, just a different way of asking. So it is not doubt. It's just, I want to understand and I want to get to know you more, God, because I want to understand why you're doing things the way it is. And sometimes we will never know. Yeah, until know? we're on the other side. And yeah. he's like, here's why. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. And I'm sure all of us are going to have some, you know, good, intense talks yeah. with God. I hope so. Yeah, we so all that we're it. like, I want to know about this, God. Yeah, <laughs> totally, totally. So, okay, so I want to jump into um, a little bit more about faithing and what's called three premises of the commitment to faithing. And mm. this really just helps us understand, um, just understand faithing more and that journey. So um, number one is the faithing. Um, faithing is about making sense of our spiritual journey, not merely learning more information so it's quality Mm. not quantity so we talked about that a little bit earlier like it's not five podcasts maybe it's one and then talking to god about it or going to a leader to understand it more and really seeking to understand rather than just pile on all the information Mm. um and that really encourages you encourages um one to develop that relationship with god so again it's not all of the churchy things in one weekend maybe it's just you know, maybe it's just church that week or, you know, whatever that looks like for each person. Mm -hmm. 
Um, number two is faith is seeking to integrate not separate spirituality and life experiences. Mm. And I think this one's huge, especially in the world. Yeah. Like the Bible says that we are in the world, but we are not of it. So we are, as Christians, we do have to be in the world and we need to um, be able to be in the world and not feel like we have to separate. Mm -hmm. Okay. at, At work, I'm one way because they don't need to know I'm a Christian or I'm scared to share my faith. And maybe you aren't outspoken about your faith. That's totally fine. Um, but it doesn't mean it has to be separated, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, you, if, if you are separating it, you will not be able to live a holistic life. Yeah. You will, um, it's not so much to say that you're living that double life because that, that can be a totally different thing, right? Mm-hmm. Where you're acting one way at church as this faith-filled person mm-hmm. and then you do, you know, you go out and sin all weekend mm-hmm. and you're doing mm-hmm. whatever, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's it's just a little more of like, hey, I work a science job and I'm I'm bringing my faith into that. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, no, that totally makes sense, especially to me, because I, I mean, ask me like 12 years, 12, 15 years ago, I probably would have thought psychology and theology could never be integrated. Mm-hmm. But hey, I'm a Christian, I love God, I love science, and I love the science of people and God loving people and people loving God. So yeah. it's like, so yeah. so I think I've had to take some time to even do that for myself, the integrating of myself mm-hmm. and the way that I saw the world and where I was. Yeah. Um, and I think it takes time too yes. of like learning that it is okay to be you and to be you in all of the spaces. Mm-hmm. And I do think, I don't know if like corporate America is going through this too, but I have noticed a shift in just all of my various experiences where I've noticed a shift for organizations to want people to be fully human, yeah. to want people to be their authentic selves and to be willing to talk about the hard things that may differentiate us, but also focus on the things that bring us together and while embracing those differences. So yeah. I think that's really neat what you're talking about, just like, the separation we may have with secular mm-hmm. and sacred. It's yeah. like, can there be sacred in the secular? And if there is, like, how do we, like, shine yeah. light on that? Yeah, yeah. Well, and I think, too, I used to work for a company that um, they they actually would focus on how, how do you make employees happy at work? Like, you yep. know, retention, all of those mm-hmm. things. Mm-hmm. And it really is, I don't have to go to work and put a happy face on. I can talk to my boss about what's going on, where yeah. it's like, if you're at work, you got to, you know, be professional. You can't mm-hmm. share emotion at mm-hmm. work, you know? So it, it is that yeah. if, if you feel like you have to go to work and put on this face of everything's fine and dandy, but, you know, I'm going through, you know, through divorce or, yeah. you know, whatever. Life is real, but I here that. I have to fake it, yeah. you know? Yeah. So I think just just knowing like that, living, holo- living holistically, holistically and integrated yes, mm-hmm. is huge yeah. and it's so important for that faithing journey so that you can actually go on that journey yeah and yeah. i think it's a mentally healthy yes it's healthier yeah come yeah. on world less work let's get it together let's yeah. be healthy just do it <laughs> don't leave <Okay>. that easy <laughs> um <laughs> number three is faithing is more intellectual but it also has relational and emotional qualities mm-hmm. um so when young people are working through a belief crisis Many adults assume that the young person just needs to read the right book, throw them the right scripture, you know, that, and all of that will help on how they follow Jesus and working that out, right? So I think of, I, I know we've all been here where it's like, you hear a podcast, and you're like, if only 
Tina, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> making if, up if name, only Tina up. could hear this, it would, you know, she would learn so much. It's like, come on. That, yeah. First of all, that's so prideful. But yeah, it's like that one thing is not going to fix everything. It might help along the journey, but there's so much more to it. It's, it is a full embodiment of intellectual, um, what relational and emotional, right? Mm -hmm, like, mm -hmm. and integrating it all. Yes. Yeah. 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 So it's what we feel, how we relate to others. Yeah. It's just, it's everything. But I also, and I also noticed how earlier you were talking about, um, if you do have the doubts and maybe it's just going to church and having that one conversation, I'm like, Mm -hmm. we need community. Yes. And it's not just community at the church for the five minutes where you say hi to the neighbor and you sit down. Like that's like it's great. We're doing great church to give people the time right. to greet people. Yes. But it's community that also says, Hey, I need to call you if you don't mind this week because I'm struggling with something. Well, Nadia, like, it's it's like, even more than that. I'm about to write my paper on this. Like okay. it is okay. Church, I'm trying to be careful how I say this so that people don't get offended. Um, church community should not be only a church because that's fake. Yeah. You need to have your community outside of the church. The church needs to leave the building. Yes. Which is kind of what happened in COVID. COVID, Yeah. 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 It's yeah. If you are only doing church activities in the church, the people who don't want to be at church aren't going to be there first of all. And you're not creating a space where if you walk into a church, you feel like, okay, I'm in church. I got to have my tie on and like, you know, be perfect. Where if you're out, you know, playing football or soccer or just doing things that are normal, then it creates real community. You Mm -hmm. can feel comfortable. You can do, you know, go out and pick a, a, um, like an activity that your students are, that they thrive in. Mm. So, and see them grow, see them in their element, do, Mm. do things outside of church Mm -hmm. that actually, bring people closer together. Yeah. And I think about you, like, I feel like you have your church community, you're, you're active in the church, you're leading in church and you like work out with the same group of people and you, you do things outside of it. And it's, and it's so life giving because like, not only have you guys had a framework of like spiritual practice and growth and topics from Mm -hmm. Sunday, but it's also like living and breathing together in all of the spaces. It's not like, Hey, I'm going to the gym now. Let me just put my headset on and not. Yeah. And, you know, when someone goes to church, it's easy to put on the face. Right, right, right. Life is great. I'm doing good. Yeah. I'm at church. Everything's good. Yeah. But on Monday, when you do see someone at the morning workout and you're like, what's what's up? I, I can tell something's up. You know, mm-hmm. let's talk about it. It just, mm-hmm. it, community, true community is not just on Sunday mornings. I love that. And I love that. This is actually something our church teaches. Like, if you are a leader, you need to be... Like, you can't just be talking to your own friends on Sunday morning. You need to be helping people, meeting people that need that community so that the rest of the time with your friends is supposed to be outside of Sunday. Yeah. And that way people actually can feel loved how they're supposed to feel in church. And then you can grow that outside on Monday through Friday. Yeah. Monday through Saturday. Monday. (laughs) Monday through Friday. Okay. Yeah. Got it. Yep. Okay, um, so faithing permits us to be emotionally honest and encourages mm. us to reach out for support. So having that, that community just, it allows us, faithing allows us to be honest and encourage each other and be real and be able to figure it out. Yeah. Yeah, so faith, we, uh, Dr. Argue says, we do more than have faith, we faith. Mm. This is faithing. I love it. It's the embodiment of faith. Yes. 
Yeah. So I also like it's that it's not just it's not merely replacing the noun of faith. Yeah. It's actually taking it a step further in the yeah. active sense of the verb, not just intellectually, but with other people and ourselves. Um, and it kind of reminds me of what we talked about last last episode, which was on meaning making. Like we talked yeah. about how making sense, like especially mm. if you've had relationships that created an insecure attachment style to other people where you may not have been heard, seen, loved the way that you needed to be and how by making sense of your story, the good, the bad, and even the ugly parts with God, how it can help you even start to develop what you need to create a secure attachment with your kids, with other people and yourself. Yeah. Like, and so it, this whole idea of faithing to me is like the spiritual aspect of meaning yeah. making all of the things that's going on in life mm -hmm. um, with other people. Yeah. Like that is so cool. Um, yeah, I, so when it comes to faithing, I'll kind of share my own like yeah. wrestle of, of this specific topic. So I've been Let's wrestling with this topic of healing, um, especially as it relates to faith, because um, I've actually <laughs> been reading this book, um, as I mentioned earlier, The Disabled God by Nancy Island, And she actually talks about um, this connection between um, this like causal relationship between sin and impairment and faith and healing. And um, the reason so, why, I know, and the reason why I've been wrestling with this is because the text actually has different moments <laughs> yeah. where the answer to healing is different. And, and so- I love healing. I just, <laughs> I'm just so happy we're talking about this because it is so, there's such a tension. Yeah, there's such a but tension. But it's also so beautiful. Yeah, and I think that's part of faithing, right? It's like, Faithing is the topic and like wrestling is like, okay, how do we actually, what does healing look like? How do we see the healing? How do we see the healing? <laughs> right. And so um, I guess like there are kind of three different ways that healing is looked at in the text. So um, they quote, so they quote many types of scriptures, but one of them um, that they quote is Matthew 17, which is the story of this boy who's being tormented and ill. And sometimes he falls into places which is not safe. And so the father is basically asking Jesus, can you heal my son? He's not well. And so, um, and he says like the disciples tried to, but they couldn't. And so Jesus does, he delivers the child. And um, kind of privately, the disciples go up to Jesus and they're like, hey, why weren't we able to deliver this, mm -hmm. the, deliver this, this child? Um, and Jesus actually says to them, because of the littleness of your faith, for truly I say to you, if your faith was the size of a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there and it will move and nothing will be impossible to you. But this kind does not go out except by prayer and fasting. So it's just so interesting because that's the topic yeah. of faith and like this is what type of faith you need and you got to do something. So it like kind of creates this component of I need to do more to like make it happen, which I'm like, mm -hmm. okay, God, that's what I got to do. Um, but also the other kind of kind of narrative you have around faithing or sorry about healing um, and faith is mm -hmm. kind of this narrative of, well, if the person who wants the healing or their friends who are bringing them for healing have enough faith, it'll happen. And so um, like the different way or areas it shows up in the New Testament is in Luke 5. So Luke 5, 18 to 26, this crippled man, it's such a beautiful story of this yes. man with such great friends <laughs> who love him so well, where they like do their best to like bring him to a roof because they can't get to Jesus 
through the other ways at the house. They're like, we're going to get to the roof and we're going to yeah. lower our friend to go get healed. So they're just like loving on their friend, wanting him to get healed. They want the best for him. They bring him down. And then Jesus says, friend, or he sees the faith of the friends. And he says, friend, your sins are forgiven. And so in this moment, the Pharisees or other texts actually say the religious, <laughs> the religious proud law keepers um, actually, <laughs> yeah, they were not happy. <laughs> and they were like, who are you to be forgiving someone's sins? What authority do you have? Mm -hmm. And then Jesus replies, well, is it easier for me to say your sins are forgiven or easier to say stand up and walk? Because he told the man to stand up and walk and he did. Um, so that was the first kind of kind of uh, example around friends and the person having faith mm -hmm. to be able to be healed. Um, the second example is one where we actually talked about this example, I think over, maybe we talked about it in all of our episodes so far, but the, <laughs> <laughs> the, the one in John five of the man who's by the well, sitting on his mat, he's been disabled for, or he's a man with disability for 38 years, hasn't been able to make it into the well. And um, the man sees Jesus and Jesus tells him, do you want to be made well? Or asks him, do you want to be made well? Yeah. And so he says, yes. And so he tells the man to pick up his mat and walk. And just the faith of picking up his mat and yeah. walking led to the healing. So it's like, okay, the man had enough faith. So he got the healing. Yeah. And so those are like the things where like, okay, healing's gonna happen. Like yeah. someone's gonna have enough faith for healing to happen. Yeah. It's so cool. I feel like, um, I mean, we've studied healing mm -hmm. and we both, it's a passion for both of us. Yeah. And I... It's just so interesting because um, there are times, right? So the Bible says Jesus only did what he saw the Father do or say, yeah. right? And every single time God either sent someone to Jesus or um, someone came to Jesus, they were healed. Mm -hmm. And so I feel like, um, and I've learned a lot of this from Bethel and mm -hmm. from Bill Johnson. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And he basically says like, I'm, I'm going to base healing off of Jesus because every single person yeah, was healed yeah. every single time yeah. that he either, he either came in contact with yeah. um, that they came to him or he went to them, touch their tassel, touch yes. his tassel. Yeah. yeah. And, um, it's, it's interesting because I think Bill Johnson says like, I'm, I'm not going to create a theology around what doesn't happen. Mm. And so he focuses on Jesus. What does happen. And I really hope yeah. I'm getting all of this right. Cause, Sorry, Bill yeah. Johnson, if we're not, just call <laughs> us out. I don't think he would ever watch this, <laughs> okay. but maybe, maybe he will. Yeah. <laughs> we love um, you, by the way. But I think what's interesting is I, I would, I think every single time there is some sort of um, action to the faith, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And there were times where some, I think one of the, um, I think it might have been the example where he's like, if if you're able, Jesus is like, if I'm able, like <laughs> Do you know who you I know? am? <laughs> so you think about the yeah. faith in that aspect. Yeah. Like if you're able, like that is it is kind of like a um that's not much faith. Yeah. And yeah. there was still healing there, yeah. right? And that's then right. there are other times small amount of faith. Yes. Yeah. As mustard it, seed. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And so then there are times where you have the lady who's like, if I just touch the the, the, the tassel, um, the tassel mm -hmm. of his jacket mm -hmm. that he, I will be healed, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. And then there, there are times where, um, you like, I think of the story where Jesus comes across the 10 lepers, I think it's 10. And he tells them, um, you know, they want to be healed. And he's like, okay, well go walk to the priests. Mm -hmm. And yeah. that, that, that journey walk. of walking. So a, a little, a little, um, I guess back history is if you were a leper and 
uh, you could not go to a priest unless you were healed, obviously, because yeah. you're contagious, but right. you would be even more condemned than you were. Yep. So for Jesus to say, go walk to the priests, yeah. even though they weren't healed yet, took mm-hmm. so much faith yeah. for them to go and walk. Yeah. And in that time, the faith it took for them to just walk to the priests right. is was that faith. They had to believe they would be cleaned and like yes. healed enough to even be in their presence mm-hmm. by the time they got right. there. Yeah. But then there like there are times where it's like like these times are you able? Yes. Or even um I think it was Ben Armstrong was talking about a time where he you know he they have conferences all the time and as leaders they'll have ministry time and they'll say okay all the leaders come up um for ministry time to pray for healing or whatever. And someone comes up to him and I can't remember what the sickness was, but it was like a pretty heavy thing. And he's like, oh Hmm. man, like, I'm not ready for this. I'm not prepared. Like, I don't have enough faith for this right now. And the person got healed. Wow. So he was like, it just goes to show that we may not fully understand healing. Yeah. And um, we, you know, I think we just have to always have faith and, yeah. and trust that Jesus always wants to heal. Yeah. And so this part, I feel like is a part that I wrestle with because it's like, I know it's his heart. Yes. Like I know his heart is for our whole bodies and our whole minds and our whole souls to be at its full potential. Yeah. And this is, there's like a scripture where it's like, okay, but what God? <laughs> so this specific, specific scripture that I've been wrestling with is um, when it comes to the sin and faith and, um, impairment connection or causal relationship that people talk about is in John 9, 1 to 3. And it's where Jesus is walking and they see a blind man um, and he's been blind mm-hmm. since he was born. And the disciples ask him, Rabbi, who sinned? Was it this man, his parents? Was Why was he born blind? And Jesus answered, neither this man or his parents sinned. Um, he was born blind so that God's works might be revealed in him. And it just makes me think of... Um, Paul in the mm-hmm. flesh, like the the thorn in his flesh and him saying like, in my weakness, he is made strong. And, yeah. and I just think of like, okay, so I can't walk around and think like, okay, I'm not going to pray for this person because who knows why they're this way. Yeah. I should still try to pray for this person and pray that the Lord's will for them is to be healed. Whether yeah. it's, you know, Jordan, my husband likes to say this. He was like, just think of it as like a layaway plan. If you haven't, <laughs> if they haven't gotten healed after the first prayer, just know like, okay, second, maybe third, maybe fourth, just keep depositing into yeah. the healing of this person mm-hmm. and that it happens. And if it doesn't happen yet, and if it's not there yet, you're not seeing the fruition of the healing yet, to have faith to know, okay, well, God will continue to show up for this person yeah. and I will keep praying for yeah. this person. And trust that he's good despite it. Cause yeah. you, you know, we don't always understand why things like we've talked about this. We don't always understand why things are the way they are, but God mm-hmm. can use that. You yep. know, like yep. I, um, I think about, you know, people, I, I heard a story of someone was imprisoned and they thought that they would, you know, they would be able to get out and God would release them like through their court or whatever. Mm-hmm. And they didn't get released. And so people were like, well, he's doing better. Like he's good. He should have gotten out everything. He should have had favor. And then the guy stayed in and was able to witness to everyone in the prison. Wow. And it's like, so we don't always understand, you know, yeah. God can use someone who's sick to reach someone else who's sick right or like they they understand each other because they're both going through cancer together right we just don't fully understand these 
the the reasons, right? right. And we don't understand how God's going to use things. And so it's it's like we have to trust and know, you know, let's let's go through this journey of faithing to to just struggle with that. Right. And know that he is a good God. Yeah. And even though I don't understand it, mm-hmm. he's got a reason for it and yeah. we just have to Yeah trust it yeah as hard as it is right he's got a reason for it and it's not like god's will is for bad things to happen like we we mentioned this our first episode like we don't want to give him the credit for things Mm -hmm. that he did not do there's still free will there's still people choosing the wrong thing and choosing to hurt one another yeah that being said um god is in it with you and he, he will see you through whatever it is i know we've been through a lot of things yeah and i think in the middle of our things I think, were we faithing? We were probably faithing because we were, we were faithing. like, Jesus, we love you, but why is this happening? You know? And, and I mean, there were moments I, I was okay. not saying, Jesus, I love you. I never renounced my faith, yeah. but I, like I said, I think I told you guys, Jesus was in a corner yeah. and I did not want to talk to him. I did not tell him I loved him. Mm-hmm. I was like, mm-hmm. I don't, I don't want to deal with it. Yeah. I don't, I don't want to talk about it. Yeah. Nope. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And that was okay. And that was okay. Because that was part of my journey. Right. Your journey, which has you here today. Yep. Yeah. (laughs) So cool. Yes. All the topics today. I know. So real. We're really, I don't know if we're going on tangents, but it's great. great. I love it. (laughs) We have an outline, you guys. We have notes, but this is fun. I'm like, don't even know where we are in our notes, to be honest. Well, I think what you were going to do is, um, I think you were talking about, I know you loved healing. You talked about healing, mm-hmm. but you talked about Bill, uh, Bill Johnson and just that topic. <laughs> but um, um, was it the study that you wanted to talk about? Yes. Okay. Okay. Yes. We're okay. tag teaming here. Don't we you love are. it? We help each other out. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just we getting do. so into it. Yeah. Okay. It's so fun. the study and and basically talking about doubt and why mm, doubt why it's important and kind of um, to frame it into where we're kind of at in the world right now with mm. young adults. So um, the study from it's N N S Y R the National Study of Youth and Religion. Um, they studied over 2,000 teenagers, and they were tracked from um, early young adults, so 18 to 23, um, and they found that the influence of religion have has diminished in their life, um, and some to have said to have no religious affiliation. Um, so, you know, when you hear that, you think, that's really concerning, mm-hmm. right? Well, not necessarily. Um, so what the study found is that if it's concerning if you assume that they're actually completely walking away from their faith, which is not, not the case for some of them, some of them. Yes. Um, but even though some of them were not going to church or going to the Bible studies, it doesn't mean they completely, um, were just like, I have no faith anymore. They just, they're, um, what am I trying to say? Their public relation practices Mm. had declined. So they're not in church, but it doesn't mean Mm. that they aren't still faithing. They're not Mm -hmm. still figuring it out. Mm -hmm. Um, and they're basically, they said that their basic theistic beliefs, um, were still there. They may have only declined a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that's important to understand, especially when we frame it into the world and, and not just young adults, but anyone where, um, you know, life, first of all, life is hard. You're working, you're going through 
life. Mm-hmm. You're trying to pay your bills and do everything. And, and if then, you have kids, it's a whole other layer. Yeah. And yeah. then you're tired on Sunday yeah. morning yeah. and you want to sleep. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and so just framing that into mind so that you can actually have grace for people who aren't there on a Sunday morning. Yeah. But know that they you don't know they're not thinking about God or watching online or, mm-hmm. you know, reading the Bible or doing some sort or of Or joining study. on Wednesday night and because exactly. it's better for them or Thursday night. Yes, yeah. exactly. Mm-hmm. And so it's just understanding that, um, and even, even for the people who are maybe declining in their faith where they're like, you know, I feel like God disappointed me here. It's like, okay, so let's talk about that, you mm-hmm. know? Um, so the concept of faithing allows us to reinterpret our youth's behavior and consider new ways to support them. And again, this is not just, just the youth. youth. It's, it's my behavior. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So on, I feel like we just need to give people the benefit of the yeah. doubt and, and allow their journey to walk out how, how it is. You know, I, I think of, um, people in my life that I'm like a little nervous about, you know, mm. and I'm like okay, I want to like tell them to do this. And, you know, I know this will help them, but Mm -hmm. it's just allowing them to walk through the journey and then conversing with them. Like, how's your day? Yeah. Not, did you go to church? Yeah. How was your day? Yeah. What what are you struggling with? You know, let's talk about some of the things. And then if it, if, if you get to the point where um, people can trust you, then they're going to be more willing to talk about the subject of faith and Mm -hmm. God and those, those subjects. So, um, um, I have on here to talk about how, why some of the young adults aren't going to church. Um, and so I'm going to go through that pretty quickly, but I don't want to spend too much time on it. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. But just so that we understand some of the reasons yeah. why, like if you're a mom at home and you're like, I can't get my kid to go to church. It's <laughs> like, just think about these things because, you know, they're, they're, they're going through but stuff. But Anne also would say, think of like family members who you love and you've just been praying about and and you know that they've been going through hard things you might be wondering like why can't they just go to church like one we have to like let go of the antidote thinking that church is the one-stop fix for all things because it is not and that's not how life works there's no no one-stop shop quick fix to anything and god cares about the soul like our souls and that's if church was the one-stop fix then we wouldn't need jesus come on right true we yes we learned about jesus there but Church is not Jesus. Yes, yeah, we, we it's a benefit. So That's where we get community and everything. Jesus but walked. He walked with his disciples mm-hmm. day in and day out. Yep. So yep. walking together. Okay. Okay. So okay. a couple of reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, young people often feel overwhelmed in the new chapters in their life, whatever that might be, going to college relationships, new job, all of those. I keep looking at this and thinking, I think I'm a young person based on all the times you talk about young people. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to consider myself a young people, a young person. I mean, technically it's 18 to 31. So I'm, I just got out of the young adult. I mean, emerging adult. Okay. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. So another reason is young people are often faced with the first time. Uh, often faced for the first time with choosing their own church rather than the church their parents chose for them. So, mm-hmm. it, you know, if parents are like, you got to go to our church, it's like, give them space. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe they want to try out a different church. Mm-hmm. Um, this one is very practical where some suburban churches um, are seeing fewer, fewer people because they're moving to urban areas where, um, you know, that. if young people don't have cars or they, yep. you know, it's just a more practical. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then this one we kind of talked about. Many churches are still holding only Sunday, su- Sunday morning services, which can be completely out of sync 
with young people's lives. Yeah. You know, people like to sleep in. Yeah. And maybe they want to go to church on Thursday night. Yeah. And so I think um, churches and, I mean, churches need to have more options um, to reach those people, but also just having that understanding. Yeah. Um, so I think one of the last things I want to talk about is just, and we kind of talked about this with doubt, it's just encouraging participation over attendance, mm. right? So connecting with the faith communities. Mm. Um, hmm. And Dr. Argue talks about how, yes, we want we want our kids to go to church. We want our friends to go to church. That is important because, again, we get community there. But it's not the end goal, mm-hmm. you know. Every uh, The relationships growing in other ways um, should be the goal. But we don't want people to go because they're trying to please me. We yeah. don't want them to go because they feel pressured. Yeah. You know, it's though if if that's how someone feels when they go to church, they're not going to receive very much. Right. I mean, Holy Spirit can do a lot. So maybe I shouldn't say that because a lot can happen. But, yeah. um, you know, it just if they feel that pressure. It's just not going to be a peaceful yeah. space. And doing it for someone else and to please someone else and not doing it for yourself, I would yeah. think would just, cr- like, that's just so much room for the enemy to sneak in mm-hmm. and to, like, sh- like not make it uh, something that's enjoyable. Yeah. 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 Maybe they're not ready in that facing journey mm-hmm. to be there right now. Yep. I agree. The timing. So that's, that's pretty much it. It's just, you know, having that understanding and um, giving the space. And, I mean, I feel like Space and grace go hand in hand. It's just a different mm, way to understand it. I love that. You know, just space and grace. Yeah, allowing people to have their faithing journey, no matter what it looks like, even if it's messy, and just in a way, creating spaces where it's not just church to allow that um, community to really grow and to just get outside of the box so that people feel welcome, they feel comfortable, and they feel loved even if it's outside of church. Yeah. Because if, if you're only loving them in church. Yeah. What does that say? Yeah. Yeah. So um, I think I'm like feeling my own conviction as you're speaking about doubt, um, especially as we were talking about antidotes, just like the antidote and the quick fix to things. Mm-hmm. Because I I think of just for me and in my previous um, marriage, just the moments where like I mean oh, I was, yeah. yeah I was <laughs> you know I'd been dating this person for five years we had the same core values had the same thing God was the center of it all all of the things all the positive things and and once we got married and all of these other things started coming up um, there was a moment of doubt and I remember feeling like oh, I just want to save us mm-hmm. and save our marriage and like, if you don't believe in God anymore, what does that mean? And yeah. I just remember just being so scared and not knowing what to do in that space. And instead of, I guess, giving space and grace, mm-hmm. I kind of was like, we just need to go to church and we just need to like make sure we're still seeing our Christian therapist. And we've been in Christian therapy for a very long time at this point, like several years. And so we just got to keep doing this and we got to add this. And I think because I, we didn't know, like there was no knowing of what do you do in the space where you have doubt and how, yeah. or someone has doubt in the relationship, like how do you love that person yeah. well there? And like, it's just hitting me because I, um, I mean, for those of you who don't know, we've, we've shared, like we both have an un- uncommon, unfortunate yeah. similarity of our, um, you know, our, our 
previous husband's passing to suicide. And that is just so heavy in and of itself. But when I think of that moment of like, okay, there's a lot of doubt and pain here. And, and he did talk about having this dark night of the soul and having this like Mm. faithing kind of crisis, as you mentioned, like, what is going on? What do I believe? How do I believe this? If Christians are acting this way and I don't believe this, can I call myself Christian? Like just, just all of it. And so, um, I just, I, I, I feel just like convicted by what you yeah. say about doubt yeah. and faithing and allowing for the space and grace for people to faith. Mm-hmm. And also, um, and this is actually a topic that came up in my church last week. And it's a topic that came up in the Velvet Elvis book. And so I, so if you guys know the story of the prodigal son, mm-hmm. there's like the young son who like goes up to his father and is like, hey, dad can you give us our inheritance now? Which yeah. you don't get until your papa dies. But like here, he's like, can you give it to us now? And this is the like youngest child asking this. And so the father gives it to him and he goes off and lives recklessly. The elder son is like, oh my goodness, this person, like my brother is ruining our name because everyone knows that this child made a fool of their family mm-hmm. and basically told yeah. his dad, I'd rather you die. Can you give me my money? And goes off and he goes off and, and does his thing. Um, for a very long time, when I heard this, since I was a child, I never thought that the firstborn son had sin. Like I actually was like, yeah, he should be mad. He should be angry. (laughs) Why would that brother do that? He hurt everyone. He shouldn't come back. What is he like? I was Mm -hmm. so like, I didn't actually realize that the firstborn son had sin. And over the last, um, after reading, you know, Velvet Elvis and, and like the Lord kind of putting this on my heart for like, probably several months, more, more strongly the last several months, but last couple of years now. Um, and it came up in church. It's like, Hey, the prodigal son and the firstborn son had different sin. Um, yeah. here the prodigal son took the money, lived recklessly, realized what he was doing and wanted to come back and asked to come back. And like the father in his love, like pulls up his like outfit. If you're like, you know, the men in Israel back then would wear like these dress looking yeah. things. And he like pulled up his like dress looking thing and showed his legs, which was a sign of like, like humility, mm-hmm. number one, but also number two, you don't see men's legs. Like, so yeah. it was just like a very, like, um, I don't know, like he didn't care about the way he looked. He ran to go see his youngest son yep. and just be so happy that he came back. And the elder son was so angry because the father created the celebration. He killed a calf. There was a whole thing. There was dancing. You heard the dancing everywhere. And the, the first son was in the field. He's like, what's going on? And he's angry. He's like, what is he doing here? And so mm-hmm. he, so the father's like, can you come celebrate? Your, your brother came back. And he's like, well, why didn't you do this all for me? And the father yeah. says, all that I have has always been yours. And so the sin that the first son had was the sin of doubt that anything wasn't his, mm-hmm. that all that he had wasn't fully his and all that his brother got to have wasn't his. And so there's this doubt of like, oh, what if that person has that? Do I get that? You know, and and so I'm just like sitting here as I'm grappling like the sin and the doubt of both of the sons. And I was like, okay, how do I be a therapist to both of these people yeah. in that space of like whether Seeing you're the both. prodigal son mm-hmm. going out and doing your thing, maybe you're faithing, but maybe you're away from all of the things that um, draw you closer to God. Maybe you're not doing a life-giving walk really. Um, how do I love that person in that place as a therapist? And yeah. how do I also love the firstborn son who has this like righteous anger of like, no, this, th- like, why is this happening? And 
and loving them in that place and also gently showing them like God's grace yeah. in that and pointing them to Jesus without maybe it being obvious mm-hmm. because, you know, there are going to be some clients who want to come and talk about their spiritual walk right. and there are going to be some clients who don't. And that's not something, that's not something how they identify themselves. So that's just been an interesting thing for me is wrestling. How do I be a Christian therapist with the sin and the doubt Mm -hmm. that my clients may have and i think it all just goes back to like this radical self-acceptance and we call it unconditional love or covenant love like we talked about last time yep um so it's just really interesting having Uh, this the space and the grace for them right the space and the grace to Mm -hmm. faith faithing yep to faith faith and faithing yeah (laughs) yeah and so i guess as i think about all of this what we all just need to do is be like Jesus, which I know is so easy to say, <laughs> but Jesus yeah. did he, okay. If, if Jesus was like the perfect person, which he's, he is, that means that being like him is calling for healing and deliverance here and now. Yeah. He didn't tell anyone like, Oh, as you're coming up to, for me, coming up to me for healing, I'm going to tell you, wait till you die and you'll go to heaven. You'll be fine. He never once said no. that or did that. And so when I think of like him and his love for like the prodigal son and like the firstborn son and anyone wanting healing, like he cared about the here and now right? and bringing heaven to earth and kingdom to earth and loving people and seeing them, no matter if they're a woman at the well or a woman who is bleeding or a leper or what right. it was, like he loved and saw everyone no matter what they were dealing with. Well, and he literally told his disciples, to heal the sick, yeah. raise the dead, and cast out demons. He yeah. said, you will do greater things than I did on earth. Yeah. And I don't, in my opinion, I don't know if this is technically theologically sound, but it's not like we're going to do um, greater things than raising the dead. Mm-hmm. It's that we're going to have the opportunity to do more of it. Because mm-hmm. he was on time for, he was on earth for a short amount of mm-hmm. time to where he could only do so much, mm-hmm. especially in the amount of time where he actually was in ministry. Mm-hmm. And we... He has called us to heal the sick, yeah. raise the dead, and yeah. cast out demons. Yeah. And so it's it's not even a, hey, will you? It is a directive, mm, right? It is a yeah. like it is a directive from the living God. Yeah. And so that's part of it. And mm-hmm. so that journey along yeah, to is, that is just as important, right? That journey along to it and being in it. Yeah. And doing it. Yep. Yeah. Yep. I would say that's what ministry is, but honestly, it's life. What life is. <laughs> yeah. What any person who calls themselves a Christian, like, mm-hmm. should want to do. Yeah. They should want, and not that we all need to be evangelists, but what does that mean to go and make disciples, even in our own families, yeah. like in our own homes? Yep. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. All right. So much good stuff. This was intense, <laughs> but it was it was good. Thank you for joining us. And I guess this I takes us to our practical today, right? pause. Yeah. Yes, it does. Yeah. Um. And actually, so our practical pause today will be an opportunity for us to be present with Jesus in the here and now, in the now and not yet, in the space that we're in. Um. You can learn more about it on the fuller link. It's in the description. Um, it's a perfect way yes. to just be just mindful and retune to God in your day to day. It's typically a 15 to 20 minute exercise. Um, and the prayer prompts helps you to remember God's presence, express gratitude, reflect on the day and prepare for the day to come. 
And yeah, I just think it's a perfect way for us, like in the faithing and the wrestling and the big and the yeah. mundane, like yeah. just to recenter with the fact mm -hmm. that he's got it all under control and this is all his anyway. Yeah. <laughs> and it's, it's something like you don't have to do it. You just get to sit there and receive it. And, you know, I, I know there's a ton of apps out there and, um, you know, meditation apps and whatnot, but this is something where, you know, everything we do, we feel like God puts on our heart to put mm -hmm. out there. Mm -hmm. And so like we talked about the directives, like we, we literally want to listen to God to share what we feel like you guys need mm. and what he's put on our heart to share with someone who might actually need that word, right? Like mm -hmm. when we did our first one on Psalm 91, there were so many people that were like, I didn't even know I needed that, mm. right? I didn't know how that was going to touch my life. Like I had a friend tell me I was in tears mm. as you're like sharing because I mean, first of all, it's the living word, so it's going to speak to everyone differently. But it is like we are directed by God on what we do and what yeah. we share, and we want to honor that. And so we want you guys to just be able to receive that and be changed and be whole and be full, mm. you know, all of it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, so if you want to join us for the practical pause, we invite you to yes. join our Patreon. It yep. is as cheap as a $5 latte. Yep. And um, you'll have access to all of our recordings and all of the practical pauses from every single month. Um, and if you want to join a different level, you can also join us live so we can do live Q&A after these recordings. I think you can even get merch. And I think you can get merch, you're right! <laughs> Yes, go to Patreon. If you want to hold it to the full, hold into the full mug, mug, t-shirt, sweatshirt-ish. You'll see what you'll see it all in there. It's, it's on there. We should know, but <laughs> anyway, yes. thank you so much yes. for joining us thank today. You. Thank you for going along the journey and just yes. letting us share our hearts, share yes. what we're learning in school. Yeah. 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 And if you like this, like, subscribe, share it. Yes. And um, yeah, we'll see you guys we'll see next, you next month. Time. And Bye. for those of you here with the practical class, we'll see you soon. Bye. <laughs> Bye.